Welcome to He's Dropping Get the Movies. I'm Mike. I'm Jose. We saw Home Again. Yes. Uh, And what is Home Again about? Okay, so Home Again is a women's film. It's really kind of a film about Reese Witherspoon's transformation. So the very beginning of the film, she's separated, uh, living in her father's house. Uh, She's got two children. uh, And she's starting her life again, basically. Uh, And... You know, one night at a party, she meets this young man. He turns out to be a filmmaker. You know, they move in to her uh, uh, guest cottage. The man has two friends. And the man has two friends. So there are there are you know there are filmmaking team. One is the lead actor. One is the lead screenwriter, and the other one is the director producer. Anyway, what happens is that you know by the end of the film, uh, um, the husband come the ex husband comes back into the picture. It doesn't work out. They end up deciding to divorce. And basically what Reese Witherspoon ends up is with an extended family around her while still, which is made up of the, of the three filmmakers, including the young man she had the affair with and her ex-husband. But really kind of you're shown her alone in her bed, very happy just with her children. So it's kind of like a fantasy of what life could be, um, you know, for women over 40. And it's kind of like a really, for me, upsetting fantasy. First of all, it's a very white fantasy. It's a really rich fantasy. They live in Beverly Hills. She's the daughter of an award-winning filmmaker. Her mother is Candace Bergen, you know. So, I mean, it's kind of unappealing in those things. Though, actually, those things in other women's films, I sometimes love because, I don't know, they seem glamorous and aspirational and so on. Uh, uh, in this film, it just seemed smug. <laughs> what did you think? Yeah, I tend to agree, except that um, I didn't even think that much. Like, I, I, I spent the whole film cringing heavily, but I think it, it's, it's clearly a film... I'm, I'm loath to be too harsh on it, because it's clearly a film that is... I'm not even close to the target market, right. except that I'm white and would like a nice life. Yes, well, you know, I suppose I am part of the And I suppose market. I would like to have sex with the 40-year-old Reese Witherspoon. That's where I come from. I'm, I'm <laughs> you're, the, you're, the, you're the 28-year-old yeah, exactly. <laughs> who, who thinks Reese Witherspoon's hot. Uh, well, she is, you know. And, and she is. And she's very attractive. She rocks those mom jeans. And she carries the film. She's really good. Uh, and uh, uh, Candice Bergen is really good. So it's got, you know... The direction of actors is uneven. Basically, those people who know how to take care of themselves, Martin Sheen, Candice Bergen, and Reese Witherspoon, do great. The others are terrible, you know. Um, And actually, I The daughter's okay. The older daughter's okay. No, the kids are good, actually. The younger daughter is is very good as well, Mm. which, you know, for a child performer. So maybe she's got a gift directing children, um, the director. Or just a good casting uh, director. Or just a good casting director. (laughs) Anyway, I hated this film, actually. You know, I, I, I really disliked it. it. It was one of those films where everything seemed badly done, right? So you have these montages of partying, of drinking tequila shots or whatever, right? And you could see them coming a mile away and they're done so unimaginatively. And it's like, you know, this director has just plonked the camera, you know, without any kind of imagination or with any kind of pursuit of subtlety or extra meaning or anything. It's, it's almost like, you know, where can you get the actors in the frame? Plonk. Right, I thought it was like 
really terribly directed. I really hated it. Yeah, there's absolutely no imagination or, or creativity to the direction. It looks like one of these films looks. It's very heavily saturated and colourful. There's no imagination in any of the kind of design. Um, it's not expressive, really, no. the, the way it's shot. or, or And it's particularly upsetting because Reese Witherspoon in the film is meant to be an interior decorator, right? And you can <laughs> tell that her home is very pretty. But actually, it's almost like there's been no thought given to how movies cinematically can convey beauty and meaning through composition or framing or use of color or, you know, can any of the normal techniques of mise-en-scene are basically kind of bypassed in this film. It really is like, you know, medium shot, close up, you know, uh, uh, it's just terrible and, and terribly unimaginative. And it doesn't even have, have the excuse of, of saying... Um, like a lot of these films, a lot of these American comedies are heavy on improv. So it's like, well, we couldn't film this, that, and the other in, in quite such a detailed way because we had to make sure we were covering all the improv. But in this, they know what they're filming. Yeah. Everything's been written down. There's no improvisation. So there's no excuse for any of that. It's I, just lazy and creative. Um, and maybe I'm being a, a bit mean-spirited of this because when I saw the poster, I saw Nancy Mayer's, right? And I thought, I like Nancy Mayer films, actually. You know, I mean, they are actually those types of you know, uh, uh, romantic comedies and uh, women's films that I do, in fact, like. And then, actually, you realize that it's not a Nancy Mayer film. It's really, like, you know, directed by her daughter, right? So on top of the ineptness, there's, you know, the issue of nepotism, which actually... It's produced by Nancy Mayer's. Yes. But, you know, nepotism never bothers me if they're good. Like, you know, I don't care that Jane Fonda, you know, is... Is Henry Fonda's daughter. She's a great actress. But actually, you know, for some reason, it, it kind of, it bothered me. And I suppose the real reason why was just through having seen Nancy Mayer's name no. in, the, in the poster. If I hadn't seen it, you know, that issue wouldn't have been raised and it wouldn't have bothered me, you know. But it, it did bother me to see kind of something so, so inept, uh, 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 channeled through or funneled through what looks like a case of nepotism, actually. Well, that said... I, I'm not sure that's the, the biggest... I think that might be rather like when we saw um, uh, the uh, Borg Mackerman the other day and I went in with different expectations because I'd seen this one headline that said it was great yes. and then discovered that everyone else actually thought it was kind of middling, which is what I thought. But I ended up having a bad time because I thought, oh, everyone thinks this is great. Yes. Because I'd seen one thing. It's a little bit like that, I think. Yes. You've just seen this one. So you're, you've you, seen Nancy You're Rose. already in bulldog mode wanting to bite everyone. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. you've, seen, you've seen the name Nancy Mayers and it's given you a slightly distorted view. I know, but... Do you think that's whilst, what the poster was doing? Whilst I, I think it was mis-selling the film, right? Because when you do see that name in... A, was a this kind the poster of, that you're talking about? Um, I think it might have been. Because it says Nancy Mayers and Haley Mayers Shire in equal yeah. size lettering. Well, okay. Nancy Mayers is above, is above the title. So, you know, that's clearly what I saw. Anyway, um, you know, there were moments where we were watching the film, and I, I think 80% of the time, you're just cringing. Yeah, you're cringing that you're seeing something so bad that actually you can see what's coming a mile away. You know, that, like, the characters are so predictable. I mean, you know, and actually it's kind of very interesting because Reese Witherspoon in Little White Lies on television did something much more interesting and deep and complex about kind of, you know, a middle-aged, upper-middle-class women living with divorce 
than this even touches on. And, mm. you know, and she's a great comedian, I think, Reese Witherspoon. I mean, she's wonderful in the, in the Legally Blonde films. I love her in Election. You know, Sweet Home Alabama is kind of, is really enjoyable. And so she knows how to play kind of this character. And really, she, you know, she, she brings things into the film that aren't there. And to be like almost, what's the word when, you know, somebody creates a wall around you? you Isolated? Know, um, well, to be stopped from, you know, achieving what you could be oh, right. through inept direction, right, yeah, yeah. you know, is like uh, uh, upsetting, really. And it is incredibly inept. Yeah. Well, it's not like laughably inept. I think it's, it's, it's essentially... It's laughably inept on that budget. Well, what is the budget? Well, it's a low budget by, you $4 know... million. Uh, uh, Reese Witherpoon standards. But, you know... It's that's... not laughably inept. It's just... Like, like it's not making kind of these heinous mistakes that you that are obvious to absolutely everyone. It's just, it's so by the numbers, so run of the mill. Um, there's absolutely no like the basic. There, there's no reason to have had you know this person director as opposed to that person director. It's just like get get take this script and take these actors and just put them on screen for me, please. I mean, you? when you have. You know, uh, it's doing uh, everything with the soundtrack. It's everything's got a bit of guitar, that kind of upbeat modern thing, and then and then when it gets sad, there's a little bit of sad guitar instead, yeah. maybe some piano. It's What's doing that? all of that. Like actually, that's a kind of film that I maybe it's because I don't watch these types of films very much. I haven't seen a film like that in such a long time where it's like really everything is scored completely in that way. Well, um, it's trying, I think, to give a West Coast vibe, yeah. uh, you know, an LA vibe, because you hear Carol King and people like that, I think, on the soundtrack. But I want to go back to the question of ineptness, you know, because I think even first-time directors, like, let's say in cl- the classical Hollywood period, you know, if you're doing a film with MGM, there are all these departments behind you, right? So, you know, kind of, you you have these great cameramen and these great set designers and, you know, so so the level of ineptness, it's only going to be at a certain level because you're protected in all of these ways. This director is protected in all of these <laughs> ways, you know, by having her family, you know, being 30 years experience in producing, writing and directing movies. So that's why so, I think the film so, isn't as, that's why I think the film isn't worse. <laughs> Well, that's what I mean, that, you know, so that's why, that's against, that's why I'm calling it inept, because actually with that level of protection to be this mediocre, mediocre mm. is really quite shocking. I, yeah, <laughs> I think so. I, I spent a lot of time noticing that, um, so for instance, the three, the three boys who move into the house uh, very often are framed in a kind of you know in a, in just a, a three person setup, and it's like they're very nicely framed and they're right there. But there's nothing artistic about it. There's nothing beautiful about it. It's just that there's nothing they're being expressive sh- about it. Nothing expressive about it. They're just being shot that way. But I kind of I would notice that they're being nicely spaced out and and framed in a way that's like that's it's I tell you what it is it's not inept. It's basic. There's no creativity. Everything is being done just about okay in a way that like nothing well, is nothing is well nothing is completely wrong with the film the way it's directed but nothing is so well, great God, that you know what do you mean by completely wrong what i mean is like the, able... what i mean is like the camera isn't sort of pointing at the ceiling yeah okay well <laughs> okay <laughs> we agree that you know I mean? that's like, your definition of inept well, what, it's what, not that inept yeah what <laughs> but, i uh, yeah that's pretty what i mean close. what i what i'm getting at is like it didn't look it didn't look notably bad like, it didn't look like 
wait a minute, there's something really wrong with this direction, but there is nothing to it. It's you, TV movie. You give a film graduate with a modicum of talent, not very much talent, you know, that budget, mm. and I think almost any one of them would have done a better job. Yeah, probably. So, Although they may have done a worse job on other things. Like they, I mean, a film graduate will know where to put a camera down to look interesting, but I bet they won't be able to work with a fucking actor. Well, at least, if, at least if, most you're, of them. if you're given Reese Witherspoons and Charlie Sheen and Candace Bergen, you don't have to know much how to work with an actor. Michael Sheen. The, Michael Sheen. They'll Charlie teach, Sheen would have been good. <laughs> they'll, they'll teach you. Yeah, uh, a bit of that. So, um, it's a film... I yeah, mean, there, I mean were, there were some times when, you know... Uh, I mean, we did end up cringing through 80% of the film. When the young boy who is, like, going after her is going after her. It's like, he's a complete blank. Mm. It's almost like he doesn't know what to do with himself. And it's actually written very badly. It's written the, very it's, badly. It's written by the director. But it's directed worse, because, you know, it's like there's nothing there. There's nothing blank. He's not given even interesting bits of business to make, like, the blandness of his character not be so obvious. I mean, it's just mm. blank. Yeah, it is. You know, so... Um, now, that said, we did I, laugh a few times. It does I, have a bit of a satire we, on we Hollywood. Do, we do have a... I, I say to you afterwards, as much as I dislike the film, um, I, I think a lot of it is... I can put down a lot of it to, rather than it being a terrible movie, it's just not my cup of tea. I think there are people to whom this film... And you said this was a very patronising thing to say, which it might be. But I think that, I think that like this is... I'm not the target market for this, and maybe it worked really well for some. But people. I don't think it's a question of target market, also, because I do think. think it so work for there's everybody. two things, right? First of all, I do think that there's a real bias towards uh, against women's films and mm. against things like romantic comedies and so on. I accept that, and I think it's very foolish, you know, on the part of you know people who are against these things, because like everything else, you know, there are good ones and there are bad ones, and the question is, you know, kind of how how do you distinguish between them? Now, I am. A very happy consumer of women's films and of romantic comedies. I like them, you know, and I think they can be as great as anything. Mm. So, you know, I am in a way their target market. So, and I just think this is a piece of junk. And actually, this is the this is the kind of this is this is what what straight boys who hate romantic comedies think all romantic comedies are like. Yeah, you're probably right. Although I did, we did, we were talking a little bit about whether it is a romantic comedy or not because I think it's, um, in some ways, it's posited as one, and it's, it, the film kind of, uh, the film sets up these two groups of characters. You've got the mother and her daughters, and you've got the three filmmakers, and then it's when the boy comes in contact with the girl that the film kind of takes off. Yes. So it starts off as it's going to be this romantic comedy, but if it's following that genre uh, through, then they end up together, really. Um, there's a happy kind of which is which it's not which it doesn't do. Yeah. It ends up as you say with this kind of this extended family being generated and everyone kind of seems happy together. So yeah. it's not quite a romantic comedy. Well, what, I mean, I'm sure what some people would say it's like a romantic comedy with a twist. The twist being that the woman prefers to be on her own. Mm. You know, like Jill Clayburgh. Which which means in that respect, it means that then it's doing something di- interesting. Well, yes, I mean, I say the woman is finding happiness not in this young okay, love. Look. The way what it's trying to argue is, you know, that it is interesting or, you know, or certainly maybe it's not interesting. Maybe it's just a point of view I share. So, you know, that people can find fulfillment on their own, 
you know, with an access to a wider community, you know, than a nuclear family provides. That's not an old message, but it's true that we don't see that message uh, in Hollywood films very often. So, you know, let's give the, the credit the where film credit's due. Credit for that. But it's not much of a twist, and it doesn't compensate for all the cringy moments in the rest of the film. It's not much of an ending, for one thing. I was saying, although although when you think about it in retrospect, there is a kind of closure, and she and and Reese Witherspoon's character has developed in certain ways, and she's kind of taken control of her life by, um, uh, she, you know, she's the one who's made the deci- decision to uh, dump the young guy, and she's the one who's made the decision to kick them out, and she's the one who's made the decision to to divorce her husband, and she's the one who's made the decision to tell the wealthy person who is treating her like shit in her job to uh, go and screw herself. I know. So she's the one who's made all these decisions um, and and come to this kind of place of happiness by taking control. But you see, I think there's something just like so... But what it ends up... But despite the fact that she's done all that, actually the film's conclusion... When it when the credits roll, I thought, is that it? Uh, that the ending? I thought it needed some, some more scenes. Anyway, and you know, even with all that you say, it, which, that's I, just bad which I agree with, you think, you know, if a rich Beverly Hills housewife, you know, can't do those things, there's no hope for any of us, really. So yeah, rich you know, people problems, maybe. Yeah, I don't. I it's kind a bit of, Judd Apatow, isn't it? <laughs> I, I like. I don't care. You know, kind. So there's certainly um, an element of that. Um, what else was I going to say? The the the, 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 the three the Hollywood men. element. Yeah. So we so um, despite the fact that we I felt in pain <laughs> for a lot of the film and I wanted to leave because I I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten my shorts. You see, I was uh, I brought my bag with me so I'm going to play football later and I forgot my shorts so I need to go back and get them. So I thought, oh maybe I'll just leave because I'm really not going to be yes, missing I, anything. I forced you to stay. You kind of forced me to stay. Um, and you know, ultimately, I guess I'm glad I finished the film. But yes, but <laughs> um. But you had a great need to leave but I really in five-minute installments for the yeah. last hour. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. so this generosity no, of from, you now. From the beginning, it was actually when the boy and girl met about 15, 20 minutes in, I thought the film picked up, and then for about 10 minutes I was happy. Uh-huh. And then it started again. Yes. <laughs> but um, anyway, what I was getting at was, despite feeling like that all the way through, there were a good 10 times where I laughed, and I heard you laugh too, Yes, it has it has its moments, jokes wise, but it's, they are just moments. Yes. So there's um, one point in particular where the three guys are having meetings in Hollywood about trying to get this film made, and they're a real um, they're a real gang. They want to uh, stay true to their ideals, and they want to shoot it in black and white, and all this stuff. So it's very clear that they're they're not quite. Um, they're not quite like artistic idealists. They're no. not these kind of starving artists, but they they're practical people. They're practical people, but they just want to get their movie made the way they want it. No. Which actually, they're quite respectable yeah. people. Um, and then they have a meeting with this uh, with this producer who's known for horror. Yes. And he says, you know, everyone just gives me horror scripts all the time, so I'm really glad to have something that's that's not horror, where people don't die and there's no zombies. And he says, I'm interested in making three types of movies. Nice. And he says, uh, uh, movies with strong female characters. And they're like, well, you know, there could be a, the, the love interest maybe in this. And he's like, okay, forget women then. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is a great line. Forget women. Um, uh, something else, I can't remember. And then he's the third one. Found footage film. That's right, a found footage love film. <laughs> which is a great idea. <laughs> and then he says, but who was film? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he goes, I don't know, whatever. Uh-huh. And then the, th- the third one is um, awards films. Yes. <laughs> which is great. I want to make, I, I just want to make a really, really great film. It's like, yeah. okay, let's make that then. And there are these moments where there are these little Hollywood observations, which are quite nice and sort of slightly cutting, I guess. But it's not just those moments that are funny. There are moments in the house and, and so on and so forth. It, you know, it kind of it picks up every now and again. 
there's a there's a laugh and it's a genuine laugh and it really meant it. Yes. Where the guy drops his. See, that's uh, probably what the what the mom brought in. A little bit. No, the, the, <laughs> when, when all the three guys are moving in, and actually this was done with cinematography as well, unbelievably, um, and editing. Although I think actually, if if. I think it could have been better still. But when the three guys move in and uh, Reese Witherspoon's made the bed for them and everything, he's like, here's the guest house. And uh, the one of them's like, taking his jacket off and uh, some weed drops out, a bag of yes. weed drops out onto the de- onto the table. There's this there's this one shot, which is just a, a wide shot of the four of them and the weed's just sitting there on its own on the table. That's a funny shot. Because mm. all of a sudden everything just stops and like, oh my God, there's weed on the table. But the shot's gone in an instant and yes. then they move on. But I laughed because I noticed it, but I don't even think the director noticed it. Well, you see, that might be that's part of the <laughs> dilemma of this film. Anyway, um, I thought it was atrocious. So, and but but Reese Witherspoon is very pretty. I was saying to you as well. I don't think, despite the fact she probably is. How old is Reese Witherspoon? She must be forty. She must be forty. Yeah, and she's meant to be forty in the film. She's born in seventy six, so she's forty one. Yeah. Um, so she's forty, and uh, the young lad is twenty seven. He's supposed yes. to be. I I think they they both look kind of five years younger than they are. I yeah. think it's Hollywood thing where it's like this guy's twenty seven but actually he's twenty two, and this woman's forty but actually she's thirty five. Even though well, she's not, she just had work done. This, yeah. it's Hollywood for. Anyway, it's bad casting because they don't look well together. They don't, no. you know. Uh, um, so so you can't believe that she would ever go for someone like him. He's, yeah, he's, he's so a, he's a fetus. Yeah, he's a fetus, and yeah, I was going to say. He's so insubstantial, but fetus gets more more to the point of it. <laughs> I did like um, I like the, I like the relationship. I, we were, again, um, there is there is a the, the the three guys are not just an amorphous blob. They also have their own internal um, kind of drama going on. So there's the thing about how they want to remain as a team. You've got director, uh, writer, actor. But then the writer gets offered a job on his own, rewriting a script, yeah. and the actor gets uh, an audition for a TV role. So then there's this, this drama develops of are they going to split up? I, um, I which again, was... it's not developed enough. There's something, and, there. and it's wrong, you see. And again, I think this is part of the experience because I think if you're Nancy Mayer, you know, uh, uh, trying to pitch a film to a, a studio with a big budget, and you say, "I've got, I've got Ryan Gosling with me." I've got the screenplay by this great screenwriter, you know, and uh, Nancy Mayer will direct and produce. You've got a package, right? But if you're three, if you're three young filmmakers, I have never seen an unknown actor attached to the project. I mean, the team would normally have been the screenwriter, you know, the director and the producer, or actually maybe a cinematographer. What about Goodwill Hunting? What about Goodwill Hunting? Well, that was the two of them, and they said Matt Damon's acting. They did, and and it was a success. Well, you know, it's it true. Happens every now and again. Uh, but you know, I kind of, um, yeah, it happens every now and then, I suppose. But that's <laughs> but, the but only thing. Then I, I can. Th- but it, I mean, I was well, supposed well, to have to loan did it as well. Um, but they were the driving force behind that film. Whereas actually, here the lead actor, he's not the screenwriter, you know. So, but there's so, no suggestion that these guys will be successful. They are kind of taking meetings, but I bet Hollywood takes no, meetings no, all the time there, just I to say no. Is a, and I think no, um, no. There's very much a suggestion that they will be successful. I mean, you know, they're already getting one of them is getting roles, but now be, you know, and another one is asked to re- rewrite. But in this specific thing of getting this movie made that they're in together, I don't think there's anyway, actually a suggestion of that they, they are. I felt I felt that was a misunderstanding of you know uh, um, 
you know what the industry is like for young people mm -hmm. you know and I, I think the only other examples that I could think of and yours is one of them the Goodwill Hunting one is where the stars have actually written the screenplay then they can leverage it into the parts right but actually in this film you know the guy hasn't written the screenplay he's just an, he's just an unknown actor who's attached to the team yeah you know so and that's a big difference no no i get that but but what i'm what i'm getting at is um i really don't think there's a suggestion that in this specific project of getting this film between the three of them made they will actually be successful it ends up with the director giving this passionate speech about how to to a, to a, a potential financier about how it looks like you're going to say no and I'm not going to waste any time here and then that that might be the speech that in like the longer version of this film gets their movie made but obviously you don't see that's kind of where that yeah. ends the thing is what I'm getting at is I re there are probably loads of groups of three young filmmakers who failed in Hollywood in the past and this is just another one <laughs> I know no no but the, but the film by having him already writing another screenplay the screenwriter writing another screenplay the actor already acting in movies and you're shown that you getting, know, so getting it's very audition. Yeah. it's very much indicated that they are very much on their path to success actually yeah you know no I get that but it's it's I'm just talking about this specific thing of this specific movie, which is their thing. The ho the, the point is that the, the the guy getting this audition, and he does ultimately right at the end, uh, you see him in the role. So the guy getting the audition, the other guy getting the rewrite, it's not about whether they're going to be successful or not in the long term. It's about whether it's going to split them up. Mm. That's what anyway the a, film is getting at. And that's what's not in film. The only thing I liked about it was the relationship between Reese Witherspoon and Candace Bergen. There were kind of the mother-daughter relationship. There were moments where, you know, they were done without dialogue, that it was just really a kind of a sequence of looks that I thought was, you yeah. know, both funny and affecting, actually. When the dad comes back. Yeah. And it's this thing of, what's going on? What's going on? But it's yeah. all done with the gesture, yeah. with the eyes. Yeah. So I thought that was very good. I liked the relationship between the screenwriter and the older daughter. Oh, yes, there's like a very slight kind of mentor thing where because the girl has to write a play that she has to perform in and he becomes a cheerleader yes um and that becomes it is it is quite um cliche quite hammy but the thing of i'll be standing at the side of the stage when you do it and i'll be there for you yeah. and he just arrives just in time yes you know which is kind of cheeky but actually i ended up liking that it made me smile okay well so so it's we... not 100 percent inept but it is about 100% free of talent and creativity. Okay, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> we'll end for the week. <laughs> don't, don't see home again.